I mean, he did good. Well, good morning, everybody. I have something to share this morning that <clears throat> that will impact your life forever if you let it. We have the ability to listen, hear, but let it sink in and take root and change us. That's what the word is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be just a motivational moment where you feel encouraged, right? It's supposed to change you. That's, what, that's why we come here. We come to be changed, not just for a little sugar high. You know what I'm saying? Because in this world, we need people that are walking in everything that the Lord has provided for us in order to truly make a difference. Um, with my mom going on to heaven, I've been doing a lot of thinking about her life and uh, the legacy that she left behind and um, the impact that she had on people. You know, she served alongside my dad in ministry uh, from the time she was in her early 20s all the way up until uh, when she had the stroke at 49 years old. Um, and then after that, from 50 years on to 74, um, she only had her voice left to serve God with. And when I say that, I don't just mean like your physical voice. Although, yes, when you're partially paralyzed and then almost bedridden from autoimmune and different things, then yes, sometimes all you have left is your voice, your physical voice. But when I, when I talk about your voice, I, I mean, what came out of her? What did her life represent? Um, you know, what did others say about her? What was she known for? What, and that is what your life speaks. Like you have a voice that, that you speak with, that's your life. And you know, you couldn't be around my mom and not be encouraged. Not possible. She had this unwavering faith in God that was contagious. And uh, even on the last few years of her life, even as you know, the brain was deteriorating, and, but she still had lots of, of good moments where she'd talk and encourage, and, and a lot of the ladies would come past the, the house and come and sit with her for an hour. And they would, I remember Cheryl saying, I, I need like a tape recorder so I can record everything she's saying. It's just so powerful. She just lives in the spirit. She's just like an encourager. Just everything she says is just on this next level with the Lord. And, uh, and it didn't matter that like the struggle that she was in, that she was practically bedridden when this was happening. And she had this ability to always look forward. Uh, you know, once, uh, even when my dad, my dad was a big reminiscer and loved to reminisce. And, you know, and when you look back at your life, there's not everything you're always proud of either. But my mom would be like, oh, Henry, let's not talk about the past. Let's look forward. Let's look to the future, you know? And even after my dad passed away, uh, you know, I would go sit with her and she'd be like, Cindy, we gotta look forward. You know, your dad ran his race. He loved the Lord, he's in heaven now. Now it's about us. We've gotta, we've gotta look forward, you know? We've gotta live for today, we've gotta. And I was like, man, I, I, I wanted to like, you know, curl up in a ball and like cry. Like, don't tell me to look forward. Don't tell me to live for today, you know? So, but she had this ability that to not live with regret. Such a powerful thing to be able to not live with regret, to be able to look forward. It is actually a God-given ability. It's not human because our human nature, oh, <laughs> we wanna hold on all kinds of regret. Like the conversation we had yesterday that we've replayed 50 times, the text we sent a week ago, the thing we didn't do a year ago. Like honestly, there's just, you can just take up so much space in your head with all your regrets. Man, but she had this ability to look forward. And in the midst of her struggles, in the midst of her setbacks, in the midst of her physical circumstances, she actually impacted more people. She led so many people to Jesus because she refused to acknowledge that the enemy had won. She refused to acknowledge that the enemy had any success in her life. Rather, she focused on the goodness of God. That God sent his only son Jesus to die for us so we could know him. 
that we could cross over one day into eternity and spend it with him. And because of this, she led so many people to Jesus. And if she didn't lead them directly to Jesus, if they were already a believer in some form or fashion, she got them on fire for God. She was, her faith was contagious. She just lit people up. I mean, I'm talking about everybody. And you know, she didn't get to go to that many places. My dad would take her to the hairdresser to get her hair done. She got her hairdresser saved. <laughs> you don't get to spend a Saturday, every Saturday with my mom for a few years and not find Jesus because that's all that's going to come out of her. She got physical therapists led to Jesus and countless caregivers either led to Jesus or turned back on fire for the Lord. See, because when others counted her out, God said her voice counted. <coughs> what does your life represent? What does your life speak of? What are you known for? What will you be remembered for? Are you an encourager? Do you pray for people? Do you send them encouraging texts? Do you just feel like you're the lifter up of some people? Or are you maybe a problem solver? Are you an inventor, come up with creative ideas? Are you just a creative person? Do you like to bring beauty and color to people's lives? Maybe you're a helper or an administrator or somebody that can just bring order from chaos. <laughs> or are you a mama bear? Being the mama to people who need it. Everyone has a voice. Everyone has a voice that belongs solely to you. God has given us so many different gifts and abilities and graces, and that is your voice. And God gives it to you, but he expects you to use it. So let's look at a scripture. Let's start at Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. And let's look at the different gifts and graces that God gives each one of us. <clears throat> Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. And we all, sorry, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to, mo to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So Paul is trying to make it clear here that there are many different gifts and talents and not to discount yours. I think that's what happens a lot of times. People look at things and go, well, I don't have that influence or I'm not the preacher. So therefore, I can't tell people about Jesus or I don't have as many talents as that person. I can't be the manager or run my own company. So therefore, I don't have the same importance or gifts that somebody else has. But he's saying it doesn't matter whether you're teaching or whether you're helping or administrating or cleaning the toilets or prophesying. He said, do it with all your might. Give everything you've got when you do it. Give your all. And then he says, do it according to your faith, which means some of the gifts and talents that God's giving you in order to do them, it's gonna require faith, AKA courage. I'll be honest, my husband is not a fan of talking in front of people. But I told him, the Lord needs you right now. The Lord is asking. But this is the truth, people, is there's things in your life that is going to have to step a little outside of your comfort zone. To walk in your gift, your grace, and your talent, and your, your anointing that God's placed in your life, it's going to be sometimes a little uncomfortable. Some things come super easy. No problem. I can send that encouraging text. But then God's like, actually, I want you to call them. What? Like on the phone? Like out, like out loud? 
I can just text God. No, I, I want you to call them. See, some things are uncomfortable. They're out of our comfort zone because God wants to partner with you in everything. He wants you to feel His presence in everything you do. He wants you to feel the partnership of walking with the Lord. And if you do everything by yourself in your own ability, then you'll never notice that it's actually all Him helping you. But it's when you get into that slightly, I'm a little uncomfortable here. I don't think I can have the ability to do that. Yes, actually you do. <laughs> That's when you link arms with the Lord. Because it's His given ability. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is Paul again. And he starts just this first line with saying this. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren or brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. What is he saying? He's saying that you can be uninformed or unaware. He's saying, I'm going to tell you this stuff because I don't want you to be uninformed or unaware. Which means you can go through your life uninformed about your gifts. You can go through your life unaware of your abilities that God has placed in you. That you just simply think, oh, well, I'm just kind of good with taking things apart and putting them back together. That's just what I'm good at. Oh, my, my dad was a mechanic. That's what he taught me. So we just pass it off. Look, you could show me all, your, all my life how to take something apart and put it back together, and I still won't be able to do it. Okay? So some things are not by repetition. Some things just can't be taught. Sometimes my husband talks to me about math stuff or number stuff, and I'm like, you know, you can just stop. Because I don't understand. And it's not helping that you've repeated it three times in different tones and levels of your voice. Still not comprehending. You know, and you, it's okay to know, like, hey, these are my limits. But when you're aware of what God has given you, when you can look at your life and go, wow, I didn't realize that's a God-given ability and talent and a gift and a grace that He has put in me. So what's it all for? Well, let's see what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. This is Paul again. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. So he's saying, look, the Holy Spirit gives the, the gifts, but the, the Lord gives the ministries. Jesus puts the people in ministry. And then there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Say each one. For the profit of all. Say I'm in each one. He's talking about you there. Okay. He, so it's given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now we're going to jump down to verse 27 because he talks all about the body. You can go and read it yourself. He talks all about the explanation of the body. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Paul is explaining here that just like your body, your physical body has lots of different parts that makes it function. All of the different parts that go into it to make your body function. So Jesus' body or aka the church, the body, has different parts in it that are needed to function. Basically, you don't want to live without your kidney. You technically can't right? It's an important part. You can't see it. It's somewhere in there, right? But it's doing its job because I'm standing here without tubes coming out of me, right? 
So everyone is important in God's kingdom. No one, hear me, no one is without purpose or position. Say, I am purposed and positioned. Nobody is without purpose or position. Nobody. Every single person has a voice and God expects us to use ours. God expects you to use your voice. We all have special gifts. You have unique endowments. You have a voice. And this is the time to use your voice. We're not the same. Thank God for that. Right? God made you an original. You're not a copy. God put a unique anointing on your life. You think differently. You're wired differently. Embrace it. Embrace it. It is the time to use your unique voice. Because guess what? God is giving out special assignments. He's giving out unique mandates and callings on people's lives. And it's just like we've seen in scripture. There's so many examples that we see in scripture. I mean, Moses, he was the first deliverer. You know that there wasn't a deliverer before Moses? He was it. He was the first. Get my people out of Egypt. Rescue the whole nation. Dun, 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 dun. Cape Moses. No. But he was the first deliverer. Think about David. David was the first one who organized 24-hour worship around the ark so people could come freely into God's presence. That had never existed before. We worship now freely and God's presence shows up, but that wasn't the case then. He broke the norms. He found a way into God's presence that had never existed before. He did something that nobody had done before that. Think about Esther. She was a queen when it mattered. She was able to save a nation because she was at the right place at the right time and listened to the Lord. A woman who wasn't supposed to have any influence. Daniel. I mean, there's so much you could say about Daniel, but he could interpret dreams without being told what the dream was. <clears throat> Hello. Like just, I'm not gonna tell you my dream and you interpret it. You tell me what I dream and then interpret it. I'm sorry, what? Like, I don't know how much fasting and praying that takes, right? Deborah, she was a prophet and a judge over Israel. And we go, oh, that's so nice. At the time, in a society, a patriarchal society, society, men rule, basically, you know? And so people think today, oh, you know, women not supposed to be preachers. I'm like, uh, God put Deborah all those years ago, like 4,000 years ago, over Israel, the nation, as prophet and judge and guidance giver. Hello? <laughs> Talk about, like, breaking the norm. God loves to do that. He likes to shake up your thinking. He likes to go against what society says is the norm or should be done. And then it says in the New Testament that God gave Paul the, the power and ability to do unusual miracles. I mean, when you read the New Testament, the miracles are so awesome. We'll just take a few of those, God. Like just, you know, people getting out of wheelchairs, some blind eyes opening, a couple dead people coming back, you know. So, like just some, just some miracles, right? We'll take some. No, he got to do unusual miracles. That means like here's a miracle, then there's the unusual. There's a miracle, and then there's the special miracle. Like come on, like a special miracle. Like he didn't even have to be there. He could just send a piece of his clothing to the person and lay it on them and they would get healed. You know, God did unusual things through him. But guys, we are in a time that God wants to do the unusual through us. He is saying, I'm looking for the person that's gonna step up and believe me for the unusual because I have unusual breakthroughs for you to walk in. I have unique uh, assignments for you to live in. He's like, I've got connections that are so unusual that you would never see coming. You could never have thought of in a million years, but I'm gonna connect you for my kingdom. God wants to blow your mind with some unusual miracles. 
Because He wants to do things not just for you, but through you. In order to do that, you have to realize your heavenly identity. You have to realize your heavenly identity and begin to walk in it. And stop just saying, oh, that's just my personality. Oh, that's just what I'm good at. No. God's given you a voice. Your life is a voice. And it is meant to have an impact. It's meant to impact people around you. And probably much larger than you ever imagined. God can let you know when he's got something special for you. There's the story in the New Testament about um, when, when Paul has the dream to go to Macedonia. And uh, he has a dream about a, a guy calling him, come to Macedonia. You know? And so God can give you a dream when he wants you to go a certain way or direction. He can give you a dream about it. He can uh, have a prophet come in town and give you a prophetic word to help you. You can also just experience it, the Holy Spirit just leading and guiding you through the still small voice, through the scriptures. But God wants to take you where your voice, where you haven't even imagined it can go yet. And with social media, we have a lot, of, uh, we have a lot to use there. You can, I see so many people jumping on and using social media and all different platforms and podcasts and whatever you can do. You don't know, even just by sharing the, the message today, all those watching online, <laughs> just by sharing the message today, you have an opportunity to share. I'm always surprised when I just share it to my personal page, people, friends that I've got that I haven't even been in contact with, mostly from South Africa or other parts of the world will write to me and say, thank you for that message. It was so what I needed. And I'm thinking, what message? What did I do? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, because they watched the Facebook. So you have an opportunity to reach people even with something as simple as sharing it to your page. You're like, well, I'm not on social media much. Well, get on it for the single purpose of being a light to the world. You don't have to be like, well, I wanted to get caught up in all of that posting and everything else. Just post what I post. Just share the church stuff. Just share the good news. Just start posting and you'll be so surprised when people respond to you. Oh, wow, I saw this. Can you pray? You know, it's always interesting. Like you can have friends which I have that are not necessarily fully believing in Jesus. But when they need help, when they're struggling, I get the text, can you pray? Will you pray for me? I'm having a panic attack or I'm, I'm sick with this or this is happening, will you pray for me? But they won't know what you believe unless you're at least putting it out there, right? Now's the time, just put it out there. If you're like, oh, if your friends start saying, man, you've blown up my, my Facebook with all your Jesus things, be like, oh good, it's working. Good, I'm breaking the algorithm, you know? Because Facebook, they'll just like suppress you, you know, they just, you'll notice like your, your photo gets like a thousand, okay, maybe not a thousand likes. Like it gets like a hundred likes, but then you post something about Jesus and it gets like two. And you're like, mm, okay, who's, who's checking out the, fa who, which Facebook bots are on this? But you don't know, your assignment might be in the marketplace. It might be in politics, in which case I'll pray for you. <laughs> it might be here in your local church, but it also might be serving a charity. It might be helping the homeless. It might be uh, doing media stuff. Whatever it is, it's special because it's from God. And God doesn't do anything that's not unique or special. You have a unique way to preach about heaven. You have a unique way to preach about heaven. Trust me, the way I preach about heaven has changed. The way I share with people now about heaven has changed because the passing of both my parents within six months has opened the door for me to talk about heaven a lot to all my unsaved friends and people that don't know me because they send me their condolences and I take that opportunity to say, man, you won't believe what happened when right before my mom passed. We had this worship time, God's presence showed up. There were angels in the room. They're like, what? Oh, how are you coping? You must be falling apart. I'm like, my parents are dancing together on streets of gold in Jesus's presence. I was like, he is real. Heaven is real. So all those people that you were like tiptoeing around being able to say something to now, guess what? They're getting it. And they have to listen because they feel bad because I've had loss. They have to listen. They're like, I have to be on this phone call with her because she's, she's grieving. She's going a little overboard again, but that's Cindy. Whatever. You have a unique way to preach about heaven. 
because your life, what God's done in your life, what's happened in your life. Yes, I've suffered two major tragedies in my life, major. But man, Jesus, God, heaven, real. <laughs> That's how you get through it. That's your voice. So people, God puts people around you that only you can speak to. That they are the only one, that you are the only one that they will hear from. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. That they won't hear from me. They don't know me. I've got no connection to them. They're probably thinking, I don't want to go listen to some blonde haired chick like talk about what? No. But because you're in their everyday life, you're in their workforce with them, you're the one who's the neighbor that you help across the fence, you have a way to talk to them that they will listen. And God has placed them there for a reason because they will hear from you. So stop making excuses. Stop saying, I'm too old. I'm not in the workforce anymore. Stop discounting yourself because you're a stay-at-home mom or you only see the same three people all week long or I I'm just too shy or I'm an introvert. Stop discounting yourself. I heard this statement the other day and I loved it. It says, choose courage over confidence. Choose courage over confidence. What does that mean? People oftentimes don't do things because they lack the confidence. I don't know if I'm good enough to do this business. I don't know if I'm smart enough to start my own business. I don't know if I have enough to say to write a book. I don't know if I'm worthy enough to preach the gospel. I don't know if I can, if I'll have the right words. See, see all these things that we say to ourselves about how unworthy and how, how we are not good enough to do it. Yes, and sometimes you don't have the confidence because you've never done it. You know, just get up and do it. After a few times, you'll get more confidence. You'll be, you'll be more comfortable, right? So yes, confidence comes when you do it. But how do you do it without the confidence? Courage. Courage. Courage, a.k.a. faith. My courage comes from God Almighty has given me special gifts and talents and abilities, and He expects me to use them. So I say, you know what? What I've got to say is going to help people. What I've got to share is going to help people. What I know will help them. My prayer will help them. So you know what? I'm going to take courage and I'm going to say it. I'm going to step out of my comfort and pray for this person right now. I'm going to speak out about Jesus in this moment because I have the courage, I have the faith in God that it's about Him. Amen. That this is going to help somebody. So I will have courage. Then once you've done it once or twice, then there will be confidence. Then you'll have confidence. But choose courage over confidence to do it. Don't allow awkwardness or physical circumstances to limit you anymore. You know, my mom was mostly bedridden in the last five years with a deteriorating brain. And yet, by her joy which is strength that she drew from God. That's what the God says. God is our, his joy is our strength. That he, she drew the strength from God that enabled her to smile every day and say, I'm fabulous. Didn't matter what was going on. That's what she would say. And the love she had for my dad, that voice, when people got to know her, she had this joy in her that you could only go, man, that's got to come from God. She had this love for my dad and, and, and she influenced so many people to love Jesus more. That's just what she did. She inspired marriages because people saw how my dad and her loved each other. She inspired marriages to keep going, to try harder, to, well, if they can get through, we can get through. She inspired people who were walking through long-term illnesses and devastation or, or, or tragedies or, or devastating disabilities. She inspired people. Even back when they used to be, go on the cruise ships and people would see her and other stroke victims and other people would see her and, and see their determination and what they were doing, it would inspire people. She inspired my dad to keep preaching. Yeah, there were times where he, it was hard 
it was very hard on him, but she would inspire him. You got to keep going. You've got a voice that's got to be heard. See, you don't need everything to be perfect in your life for you to do something for God. You keep waiting for all the circumstances to look right. You keep waiting to get all your stuff right so you can say something or do something, but you don't understand that your humanity, the mess, the struggle is where people will listen most. Because you're not coming all shiny and perfect to them with no understanding. You're coming with the broken and the messy and the setbacks and the, tr and the struggles and the trials and you're saying, but God, but God, people will listen. See, we all need your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your unique anointing. We all need it. God has called us to run as a body right now. And we need all of your gifts, your abilities, and everything to function in all that God is calling us to. We cannot hobble across the finish line. Because some people decided to discount their abilities. Because some people are saying, no, 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 I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. They are downplaying what God has given them so they're not doing their job. So now we don't have a kidney, we don't have a right ankle, and we're trying to like, you know, get where God's calling us to go. Because some people think that they're just okay to come and sit at church on Sunday and take care of their family and just have a job and just die one day. No, you're all part of the body. Every gift you have, every unique ability, every calling on your life, every uncomfortable thing that God asks you to do, it's all part of it. You're all part of the body. And this is our time to run. This is our time to run. And there's a hurting, lost, and broken world, and they want to see the church united. They want to see everybody doing their part, not downplaying their part. Oh, I'm just an usher. Oh, I just cleaned the toilets. Oh, I just baked the cookies. Oh, I just took care of the kids. Whatever. No, it is all part of it. And outside of these doors, you're all part of it. The body continues in the marketplace, in politics, in business, in being a stay-at-home mom, raising the next generation, in teaching, in helping, in administration. Every single part is required to make this body run. So you have to do it with excellence. You have to do it with all your might. You have to wake up in the morning and say, man, I am important in God's kingdom. I am important in this body. I am important. And you're like, well, isn't that going to make you prideful? Mm. We're all part of the body. Just because you might be the face and not the big toe, I wouldn't get prideful because without the big toe, you can't walk straight, which would be weird. You know, you'd just be like, hi, how are you? I'm good. Just, I'll, I'll be there in a second. Just, you know. No, you don't get prideful because it's all about God. But I'll be honest with you, there is a fine line between believing in yourself and realizing that it's all God. And there is, a, there is definitely a rub that comes because you're like, am I being too self-confident? But God wants me to be confident in Him. Okay, am I confident in Him or is this just me? You know, and so there's this, you know, whatever it takes to get yourself confident. Maybe you ought to put some, you know, declarations up on your window or in your mirror when you wake up in the morning. I am important in God's kingdom. I count. I matter. You know, some of these statements are made because some people have a lot of negative insecurities. You've been through a lot in your life and so they've tainted how you see yourself. So for some of you, you need to do that and realize that's okay. Because God can't really use you until you believe that you're usable. He wants you to walk in everything He's got for you. But if you still think, well, I'm just not, I'm just not good enough. I'm just, you have to stop that. So you have to do whatever it takes to stop that. And if it's writing it on your mirror every morning, write it on your mirror. 
okay? Whatever you've got to do, if you've got to listen to some motivational things to, to get you pumped up, do it. Because yes, there's a, a, a part of you that you've got to do the work, okay? You've got to get that confidence up. You've got to start believing in yourself and trusting that God has called me to, the, to do this and that I am important in God's kingdom and that what I say does matter and that my words do count and that my prayers do have power. You have to believe this knowing that it's all God. The way you stay, the way you don't get prideful is simple, is you stay humble. And by humble, you just admit and acknowledge that it's all God in me, God with me, God through me, and it's all His ability and talent. So anything that I do well comes from Him. Everything I don't do well is me. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when you start to push yourself where it's a little uncomfortable, where you're like, ah, oh, what did she say about courage? How do I, how do I, what do I got to do? When you get there, you, you can't be prideful. Because it's in those moments where you're like, man, this is all you, God. This is all you, God. Because I, I don't even like it over here. I don't even like it up here. This is uncomfortable. This is hard for me. This is stretching me. This is really pushing me. God's like, oh, good. Yay, finally. You can't be prideful there. It doesn't matter what kind of, what kind, what, what happens to you or what, what you, what recognition you might get. It doesn't matter because in your heart, if you know, it doesn't matter what people praise you or think about you. I'm like, God, it's all you. This is all you. I'm also doing it for all you. So you stay humble by realizing he is the miracle worker. We, we can't really do anything. But every little thing he's given you is for his kingdom. And it's to benefit all of us. All of us will benefit by every single person believing in themselves, believing in the God-given ability that God's given you, and then running with it, dreaming big. As I close, I want to close with this prophetic word that Prophet Esther spoke over the church. <clears throat> Before I do that, there was a scripture that uh, Pastor Vicki Bentley gave me after my dad passed and it was the scripture where it said you guys don't have it at the back unless a seed dies it remains alone but its death will produce many new seeds a plentiful harvest of new lives unless a seed dies it remains alone but it, its death will produce many new seeds a plentiful harvest of new lives and I, I even preached about it soon after dad passed it was very impactful for me because I I understood that dad's body so to speak and mom's physical body was the last thing that they had to give they gave their life to god they loved god they gave them all but in the end the, the body is the last thing to give as the spirit returns to its creator and i understood that everything that was sown every every word every word preached every word taught that was spoken out was a seed that went out and that as it began to harvest, people were going to be coming, coming in. That we were going to have impact that we, we couldn't dream about. You know, on social media, we've been doing it. We already, I, I checked yesterday, we're at 799. 799 contacts, people that have said the prayer, prayed the salvation prayer, watched the video, downloaded the book. 799 in six months. Isn't that incredible? That's something that you wouldn't have thought about. That's something that, that wouldn't have existed had we not launched out and done something, right? 799 people, and that's not even counting the, you know, I have 280,000 followers now on Facebook. Hi, Facebook watching. You know, we're, every time I go live, there's like 130 people, 150 people watching from all over the world that God's given us this, this tool to use people. So this is just not it, but this is also about to explode. This is not our doing, this is God. This is God's timing. This is God, the final seeds planted by their lives given. Now here comes the harvest. Here comes the harvest. We've gotta be expectant, we've gotta be looking, we've gotta be part of it, we've gotta stay active, we've gotta stay positive, you gotta, whatever prophetic words were spoken of your life, Repeat them. Get the ones from the church. Speak them over your life. Listen to them daily. When you feel down, listen to them five times a day. There's no time to slink back. 
There's no time to say, well, things haven't changed yet, or my life looks the same, or how could I possibly have any impact? This is not the time. This is the year. This is the year of fulfillment. That's what she said over the promised church. This is the year of fulfillment. We have walked in the promise for many years, but this is the year of fulfillment. This is the year of fulfillment. And if you're new to our church or if you're new to watching online, you don't know what we've sown in the last 12 years. You don't know what we've sown, how many lives, how many people moved away to different states, how many people we've sown that we raised up, that we took through Bible college, that we've taught, that we've lived in, and now they're sown into these other states around the, wor around the world, some of them. Guess what? It's time for our harvest. It's time for God to bring people to the promise that have been raised up, that have been trained, that are coming in and saying, hey, I was trained in Bethel, I know how to do evangelism. I was trained here, I know how to do worship. I was trained here, I'm ready to go, to be part of the army. We want the lost and the hurting and the broken, but I believe God is sending a harvest to help. The camels are coming, people. Listen to this word that she spoke. This is just one of the words that she spoke. She says, I'm going to prophesy a word that the Lord gave me for this spiritual house. And it's going to be, to be released over all of you. In this moment, I declare, I prophesy that every person that is under this covering, under this mantle, I prophesy that the next three months are going to be promotional. It's going to be elevations. It's going to be open doors. It's going to be connections. It's going to bring resources. The Lord said that the greatest fruitfulness in this time is now for this house. This is what the Lord has prepared for you. There is promotion. There is elevation. There is new heights. The glory is going to come and occupy all this space. The Lord is going to elevate you over all those who have been trying to occupy your space. The next three months, just 10 days shy after giving that thing, my mom would, that prophecy, my mom would leave to be, with him, to be with Jesus. And I thought, wow. When my assistant typed this and sent it to me, I read it and I, cause we were on this, there was so much happening that Sunday. You don't always hear every word until you read it. And then I was like, wow. The next three months, how prophetic was she? That this was going into the sea, that here comes the harvest, that the next three months, you're gonna see it. Now, you have one of two options. You can sit there and say, well, let's see. Hmm, that's not faith. See, God says He loves faith. He loves people that trust Him. He loves people that want to cooperate with Him. So He's looking for the person who is already running ahead of Him so far that He's got to catch up. He wants you to be so far believing it, he's going to be like, oh, right, we got we to gotta, we get them because they're already running with this word. See, you have to take the word and say, that's me. That's me. I'm under this mantle. I'm under this covering. I'm taking that. She also said that those under this covering would, would have his presence and his glory with them wherever they went. So you can choose to say, that's me, God. I am believing. I am receiving those promotions right now. I am receiving those open doors right now. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. We need to make some decrees and declares. Because the thing is, to decree, to speak something out, is to say that I am in faith with God. I am declaring what He's already spoken to be true in my life. So what you do is you begin to speak out now. What's happened is, as I've preached, your faith has risen, so you're not speaking from an empty place you're not just randomly saying declarations you're speaking with the spirit of faith in you to declare over your life yes. now you get to choose what do you want to declare of your life I've read some things that we're going to declare but then I want you to begin to decree if you received a prophetic word for her from her I want you to begin to decree what that word said yes. begin to speak it over your life and I mean speak it out loud you got to, the more, the more energy you use, the more, the more excitement you use in your voice. The reason why people, when they fear something, it comes upon them more than when they have faith is because the emotion behind it, your body believes it more. Yeah. 
your mind, your body responds to how much you believe something. So if you're like, well, I decree that Jesus is going to make um, stuff happen for me this week. No, your brain is like, what? I don't believe any of that, right? You want every part of you to believe it and you want to be like, God, I am believing this. If you knew, if you knew without a shadow of a doubt this was there, you would be so excited. You'd be declaring, decreeing, you'd be seeing it in your mind's eye. And this is what you have. What do you want to see change in your life? What do you want to see happen? God has said open doors, promotion, elevation, these things are coming. So let's begin. I'm going to start and you can follow and then you just begin to decree what you want. Lord, I thank you. We decree right now. Open doors. Open doors in our businesses. Open doors for connections, Lord. Open doors for new relationships, Father. Unusual connections, Lord. I thank you for promotion, God. Lord, we decree promotion over these people. We decree promotion in our life, Lord. We thank you for promotion in every area, Lord, that we would be elevated so that people would see your glory, God. I thank you, Father, for, for increase, financially increase, Father. I pray for increase in every area of their life, God. I thank you for financial abundance that's coming in because we are givers and we are tithers, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for making a way where there seems to be no way. I thank you for elevating us, God, so that your glory will be seen. I, we call elevation to the promised church, elevation to our lives, elevation to our businesses, elevation, Lord. We call it right now. We agree with the words that you've spoken, Father, that we are being elevated for your glory, that people will be drawn to us, that people will be brought into us, God. I thank you, Father. We speak promotion. We speak new heights. Lord, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for your glory that we walk in your presence, that we walk in your glory, that we walk with the Most High God, that we hear His voice clearly, that we will not be led astray, that we will walk with the Most High, that we are the fire in this city, that we are the fire in this city, that we are the firehouse in this city. We are the place where your presence reigns, God. This is a house of miracles. This is a house of miracles. This is a house of encounters. This is a place where people can encounter Jesus. This is a house of encounters. That your life is a life of encounters. That your life is a life filled with the glory of God and the presence of God. That your life will impact those around you. That you will be a light in your city. That you will be a light in your work. That many will come to Jesus because of your life. Say, my life counts. My voice counts. Nothing will silence me. I will be remembered as someone who loved Jesus, who was passionate about Jesus, who gave all the glory to Jesus. Come on, let's put some praise on our lips. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I just want you to close your eyes. Give me one second more. Close your eyes. Give me one second more. Oh, thank you, Father, for your anointing that's in this house, for your presence. Jesus is in the room. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you're like, wow, this is not, this is not what I'm used to. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm truly even following Jesus. If you want to get right with the Lord, if you want to get your life on track with Jesus, it's about submission, really. It's about submitting and just saying, God, I've done this too long by myself. I've tried too long by myself. I need you, God. I need you. I need the real relationship that you offer. Because of the cross, God made that possible. He doesn't want to be distant. He wanted to be close to you. He wants to walk with you every step of the way. It requires submission. It requires humility. It requires acknowledging that He alone is your God, your Lord, your Savior, your Creator, and the one who loves you most. Amen. If you want to get your, your life right with Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. Just right where you are, I just want you to raise your hand. If you want to get your life right, thank you for those hands going up. If you want to get your life right with the Lord, start fresh today. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ministry team, make your way to the front, please. Thank you for those hands going up. 
Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I know you hear me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross in my place, for taking my sin and my shame. Thank you for rising again and proving that you are the one true living God. I receive you today. Make me your child. Wash me clean. Today I'm yours, God. I give you my life. Thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven when just one turns to Jesus. I have my ministry team down front. If you raised your hand, they're going to have a little book to give you, a little God's plan for your life book. It's a really simple book. It's what we give out online to those people who made the same decision you made today. And it just helps you to know what the next steps are. It's a little book that you can take with you and read. God doesn't take the decision you made lightly. Expect to experience His presence in a whole new way. We want to walk this journey with you. You need somebody to encourage you and be with you. So I'm going to ask you, if you prayed that prayer, to make your way down. If you're a gentleman, talk to one of my gentlemen. If you're a lady, speak to the ladies. And then if anybody else, if you need prayer for anything in your body, if you want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you want prayer for anything else, make your way down front as well. Just give those that are coming down to receive their book a little head start on you, okay? And then if you need prayer for anything else, come down front. Uh, guys, thank you. Let's go and let's be the body this week. Amen? Love you guys. Jesus loves you more.